Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show, brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and we have a big treat today because the great and powerful and amazing and really just all around the most awesome Eric Branch from the San Francisco Chronicle is our guest today on the pod. Eric, welcome back to the show. Always uh, a pleasure. I, I Maybe you were sponsored before, but I mean, if not, you're, you're officially big time. Uh, oh, I'm big time? Well, you mentioned a sponsor for the podcast. Oh, I did. I did mention a sponsor for the podcast. Yep. We do have a sponsor. Fivo is amazing. And actually, we kind of have two sponsors for this podcast. Not even kind of. We have Fivo and then Bet Online, which I'll mention later. So, yeah, kind of. Yeah, super big time. I also felt I felt a little big time last week when they brought um, University of Michigan greats Ronnie Bell and Ambry Thomas in for the podium. And the PR person announced, Tracy, this is for you. And I was like, I mean, either, I mean, I just feel the brand is strong, maybe too strong, but maybe there's no such thing. So I've been feeling big time the last week. Yeah. 49ers slash Michigan fangirl. Yeah, exactly. That's me. And I think maybe a little bit more Michigan these days (laughs) because no, it's just different now, you know, but yeah, Michigan fangirl. So um, I think all professionalism has gone out the window when it comes to the 49ers Michigan rookies, and I've accepted it. It'll come back, maybe. Yeah, well, uh, we'll stray away from Jake Moody talk for for the moment, okay? How's that? We can, for the moment. Though, I mean, I do want everybody to know he's going to be fine. He made all three of his field goals the other day. He, missed he did. Point. So, But listen, if you were going to miss I, I mean, one, it's possible some other context is required for that, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, also maybe they're not looking as pretty, but I will say this: Jake Moody seems to be well aware that they're not looking as pretty in games as they do in practice. So apparently, it's something. When he talked to us the other night, he seemed to understand that it's something that Schneider is aware of. They're working on it, so it's gonna be fine. Gonna be yeah, fine. and I, and I will say that um, you know after each preseason game, you know, there have been questions for Jake Moody, um, and he's. He's been there uh, to talk at length. And, and, you know, that's not actually not nothing. I'm being serious. Um, you know, I've covered the NFL for, you know, a little bit. And I've run into more than one kicker who, you know, when things are going good, uh, they're ready to talk. But, you know, if they miss a key field goal, uh, you can't find them. So um, it does speak to, you know, maybe something with questions about, you know, him feeling pressure and kind of, you know, is he built for this? Um, at least that's a little bit of evidence that, you know, maybe he does have what it takes um, and just going through uh, some growing pains. We shall see. We shall see. But I, I would agree with that because I think the thing with kickers that can start to get concerning is their psyche and does it get into their head? And I, I would agree that his willingness and availability to talk after games shows that maybe not. They're just working, working through some stuff. You know, it's preseason for all of us, Brancher. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V 
for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think we've basically solved Jake Mooney, and, and I am here to tell everybody that he is going to be fine <laughs> because right. it's very important to me and to the 49ers that he is. Um, but at the moment, I'm more concerned about myself, and it's very important to me that he's fine. So there's, there's that. Let's actually – let's talk a little Ronnie Bell. This was not – the direction I was going to start the podcast in, but let's just talk a little Ronnie Bell and then we're moving Nick Bosa uh, or to Nick Bosa. But I have you been surprised by Mr. Bell? I obviously have not, but have you been surprised? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't, he was drafted not far removed from where like Brock Purdy was drafted mm-hmm. last year. So maybe that should mean, no, I, of course, when you're drafted that late, you should be really good. Um, so. But yeah, I, I didn't quite expect this is his kind of run after catchability. Um, and, and, you know, you do have to provide the context of who he's playing against. And, yes. you know, Niners have had a lot of preseason stars through the years that, you know, kind of disappear, sometimes just disappear off the roster uh, once once the real games begin. So there's always that caveat. Um, and he's also made uh, two very bad plays, you Fair. know. <laughs> Maybe three if you count the fumble. Yes, uh, ask Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen about, you know, their passer rating could be better. Uh, <laughs> if not for Ronnie Bell's uh, drops, it turned into picks. So there has been, um, you know, certainly some some rookie moments. Uh, however, yeah, he just looks like, you know, he, he plays fast, um, you know, catching punts. It, it, those are clean. I mean, there's just something to be said for a rookie who is just going after and attacking. Um, and you know he's the son of a, a college coach, and, and you know, maybe that's some of it that he's uh, you know he's not you know quote unquote you know playing slow as he kind of you know thinks his way through some of these plays and concepts. Um, so yeah, he certainly has been impressive, and you know I think perhaps he's been impressive enough to on his own um, make the fifty-three man roster. But I think injuries to Ray Ray McLeod and, and Danny Gray have made it um, you know. I think a certainty that he, that he will. Um, so yeah, uh, arrow up for uh, Ronnie Bell. And I think also he's probably shown enough that they wouldn't be able to get him on the practice squad if he doesn't make the roster. So if they want him, I think they're probably going to have to put him in the 53, but I agree with you. The injuries are probably going to get him there, even though his play may have done it on his own. All right. Enough Michigan talk. We're going to go on the other side completely and talk Ohio State, but with Nick Bosa, even though not really Ohio State anymore. Nick Bosa, as of time of recording on Tuesday morning, August 22nd, still no contract signed, still no Nick Bosa in Santa Clara. I have no doubt they'll get it done, but getting up on onto the wire here and also getting into how much he'll be available for week one territory. And I understand it's Nick Bosa, and I understand of all people, he probably needs less time than most to get ready. It's also different for defensive linemen. That being said, the Fortnite's first game is two weeks from Sunday, first regular season game. Are we cutting it a little close here, Eric? Well, I, I think, I mean, if you're a Niner fan, if you're the Niners, I think there are reasons to to get worried, um, less so because of the timing and Nick Bosa's readiness. I think for the re- reasons you just touched on, um, you know, 
he could probably come in, you know, a week, a week before and mm-hmm. still be fine. I mean, you know, shoot two days before he is Nick Bosa. You know, he just he could some, come in that morning. He could arrive in the morning. He's probably fine. The fact that, I mean, I think the larger thing here is that, you know, the, with these contract extensions to you know, George Kittle and, and Debo Samuel, uh, Fred Warner, you know, as we know, they were always done just before training camp, right after training camp. Um, and the fact that, I mean, I mean, this is obviously the outlier. And obviously it points to, you know, there are some real issues. And, you know, if it comes into it, you know, becomes a staring contest, I, I like Nick Bosa's chances of getting what he wants. Um, right. I, I really view him as having all the leverage here, assuming he has the stomach to, you know, sit out for a game or two. Um, and just because, I mean, if he can do that, the Niners, I don't know how much they can they can do that, have Nick Bosa not on the defense. When you look at their defensive line, Nick Bosa – and Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead, and then, you know, even Quinn Farrell or Drake Jackson is kind of the, um, you know, weak spot there. But still, you look at those three, like that's a pretty scary defensive line. Uh, but then when you have kind of two question marks on the edge in Armstead and Hargrave, then you're looking at more like, eh, that's kind of an average defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, I mean, you know, breaking news here. Uh, he's perhaps, uh, you know, behind the quarterback, um, the most valuable player they have as far as influence on games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so you have to imagine he's, you know, the fact that it's gotten to this point, he's not just saying, I want to be the highest paid defensive player, which would be technically about 31.7 million, just ahead of Aaron Donald. Um, but I'm sure he and his agent, or really his agent, is probably saying he's 25, he's in his prime, he's in a, on, on this Hall of Fame trajectory. He was just named the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And so we don't want just, you know, uh, you know, two cents more than Aaron Donald. We want him to be the highest paid defensive player for quite some time. And what that number might be, and again, this is just speculation, but, um, you know, the Niners have to consider uh, you know, their, their future. And I'm sure they're trying to you know, make it as palatable as possible to be able to keep, you know, as, as much of this core intact uh, beyond 2023. And they're already looking at, you know, probably having to make some, some tough decisions before Nick Bosa's, you know, 2024 salary cap figure comes in. Mm-hmm. So there's all that. And so anyway, back to what I, my original point, point is, um, you know, if Nick Bosa has the stomach to, to sit out for a game or two, um, it'll be really interesting uh, to see if the 49ers finally kind of, if indeed that's what's going on, kind of, I don't know if cave is the right word, but, you know, finally uh, concede, you know, uh, to him a little bit and make him a very, 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 very rich man. Well, I think back to 2020, and I I was thinking about this the other day, how obviously Nick got hurt in that week two game that obviously that week two game was a complete disaster. But Nick Bosa gets hurt in that game. And George Kittle consistently the entire season, when asked about that season, when asked about subsequent seasons, the one person he kept talking about was Nick Bosa. And he kept saying, 
I know Nick Post is going to be on my team next year. So that means we're going to be fine. And I only think of that because when you say behind the quarterback, he's the most important person on the field. I totally agree with that. But I almost, and I don't say this lately, I almost put him just as high because part of the reason the whole quarterback situation works for the 49ers and this is, and Brock is pretty has been incredible for this team. But part of it is because of what Nick Bosa is doing on the other side of the ball. And that's part of why they can play around with things on offense. So he's, he's extremely important. And I do feel like they have to give him whatever he wants. Like, does he want the war fisherman's wharf? Fine. It's yours. Like he should get to have, whatever he wants here. And I agree with you. He has all the leverage here because they can't afford to not have Nick Bosa. They do go from a Super Bowl contender to a maybe without him. And I don't think that's being dramatic. No. And, and, you know, you just think about how Shanahan and Lynch have talked about how they wanted to construct, you know, this team and, um, you know, literally consistently, you know, throughout 2017 uh, till now, they talked about, you know, the trenches and the defensive line setting the tone and, and you know being you know somewhat the identity of the team and the physicality and uh, you know a guy like Nick Bosa has a ton to do with it. So um, you know, like without Nick Bosa for a game or two, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean this team obviously has plenty of other star star power, um, but that is not ideal. And, and the Niners. Have known slow starts in, in the past few seasons, and they like to not have to dig themselves out of a hole. Um, I'm reminded of Emmett Smith, you know, years ago during the Cowboys dynasty, he held out uh, and he missed the first two regular season games. The Cowboys went 0 and 2. They replaced him. I want to say the running back was Sherwin Williams. Is that a paint? It was Sherman. It is, it is a paint. What a, what a what a real Renaissance man. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Sherwin Williams or Sherman Williams, or, or maybe it's not even that name, but he was um, light years removed from being Emmett Smith. And no disrespect intended for Cleveland Farrell or Drake Jackson, but um, you know you could see might see a similar situation playing out um, if they're trying to to be Nick Bosa for a game or two or three or or, or however long it, you know it, it would take. The idea of them starting those first few games with Cleveland Farrell on one side and Drake Jackson on the other, again, no disrespect to either of them. It's definitely not the defensive line they had in mind. And when you talk about the slow starts, which they've had the last couple of years, something that we've kind of heard consistently from players that we've talked to throughout training camp is that Kyle Shanahan has talked about the importance of not doing that so that they're not in a situation like last season where they had to travel to Philadelphia. They want that first round by, they want home field advantage at the playoffs. They had that in 2019 and, and they got to the Super Bowl. It does make a difference. And they have talked consistently about that, which means it's not, it's on everybody's minds and starting 0-2 without Nick Bosa against the Steelers and the Rams would not be ideal for this team. Starting 0-2 no. with Nick Bosa would not be ideal, but that's what I think you would be able to point to. Yeah, and I, you know, having said all this, I don't think it'll get to that. But just the fact that it's gotten to this point, you know, it certainly raises the possibility. Uh, whereas I don't think anyone was seriously considering such a scenario, say, two weeks ago. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to use my favorite phrase here. Time will tell. 
We'll see what how this all plays out. It's also very possible by the time this podcast goes live later today, we have some news. But I don't. I would kind of at this point maybe be more surprised than that with that than I would have, like you said, two weeks ago. So we will see. But let's talk a little quarterbacking um, because, as I said to you before we started this podcast, it's a 49ers podcast, and you cannot do a 49ers podcast without talking about quarterbacks. It used to be you couldn't do an without saying the name Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think we've moved on from there. So now let's talk a little about quarterbacks. Obviously, we saw Brock Purdy in his preseason game the other night look like Brock Purdy. I know everyone's real concerned about his practice interceptions, but I think he's fine. Uh, Proving why he is, in fact, their starter and why they're very happy with him. But the battle for QB2 is more of the quarterback storyline at this point. And Trey Lance, Again, kind of a little bit when we talked about with Ronnie Bell, we have to think about who he's going against. And Trey Lance coming in later in the game is going against twos, mainly threes, but had a performance that I think he needed for his confidence and had a performance that probably makes the 49ers at least feel a little bit better, maybe. As I do think they're going to keep all three. I don't think Trey Lance is getting traded anytime in the next week or anything. But it was an important performance for Trey, maybe even just for his psyche, since we talked about psyche earlier. Yeah, I, I would agree. Certainly because the way it started for Trey Lance, it was looking like, um, you know, uh, it was it, things were really going to snowball, um, yeah. you know, given the way the preseason opener went. Because he, you know, his third pass, uh, there was the the interception, um, and then on the second drive, he stared down uh, Braden Willis on a short pass over the middle. Linebacker jumped it, didn't quite get it. Um, they ended up, I think, kicking a field goal there by the great Jake Moody. Yes. Um, and then beginning of the third drive, he just kind of got pressured to his left and threw up this you know flutter ball on the sideline um, off his back foot. That was dropped by a, a line, Broncos linebacker, so it was looking like you know that was we had a pick, we had two um, you know, very near picks, and Much like um, the first preseason game, <laughs> right? And so um, you know, not that that was washed away by the because he obviously you know then really got in a, in a nice rhythm, made some really good throws. I mean, really showed flashes of like, oh, that's why they took him, you know, number three. Yeah. Just, um, you know, the accuracy that he was knocked for. He made a, a really great tight window throw to Willie Sneed o- over the middle, um, you know, on the touchdown to Latu. Kind of looked off the safety, kind of froze him in the middle um, by looking left and then went back right to, to Latu. So, you know, then it was like, well, you know, all the inexperience. Well, that was a pretty, you know, kind of savvy move. So um, there was that. I did think it was notable afterwards, uh, you know, Shanahan was asked, you know, did he look more comfortable, et cetera? And he didn't exactly bite on that question. Right. He said it, it kind of seemed so. And then he did point out, you know, kind of the slow start. So, I, you know, my takeaway uh, from that was, you know, they want, you know, the backup quarterback, whoever it is, um, you know, if and when Brock Purdy is sidelined, doesn't really need to to be a hero here. You know, they have the defense. They have all the offensive playmakers. You know, they don't necessarily have to put the team on the back on their back and win a game, 
but they really cannot lose the game. And I think what Trey Lance has shown through two preseason games and Sam Darnold has shown through two preseason games has, you know, on that score, I think Sam Darnold has the edge. Yes. I don't think Sam Darnold has looked, uh, you know, like the reincarnation of Joe Montana or anything, but there haven't been many scary passes. Um, and he's shown, you know, Obviously, he has you know the arm talent and etc. Um, and Trey Lance, you know, conversely, has had quite a few scary passes. Um, he survived most of those. You know, in fact, one interception turned into a touchdown <laughs> against the Raiders. Uh, but I do think that gives Shanahan the coaching staff pause when making this decision. So um, I'd be shocked if. Uh, Sam Donald doesn't open the season as the primary backup, um, but you know that that's just you know how I'm viewing this and, and how I'm viewing you know Trey Lance's inconsistency, which I don't think was you know totally erased by uh, you know his his really was an excellent finish on in the final five minutes on Saturday. I would agree with that. And I think that Sam Darnold will be the backup for all the reasons you just said that if Brock Purdy was to go down, I think they want to or be sidelined is a, a better way to put that, as you said, but they, they know what they're getting in Sam Darnold and they know how to get the job done with him with Trey Lance. There just have been too many scary passes. And again, it goes back to the thing that we've all talked about. It's the inexperience. It's you know lack of playing time. He's just not probably not going to get it here. He's not going to get it in Santa Clara. And that kind of is what it is, but I do think they are going to start the season with all three of them on the roster. Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I certainly don't think Trey Lance is, um, you know, some sort of lost cause and and the 49ers can just point to last year as to why, you know, it's very conceivable Trey Lance might be need to play, you know, by week five, Mm -hmm. if not within the first five minutes of week one, uh, you know, their quarterback injury history. Um, And so, yeah, so I, I don't think. I mean, listen, if it, if Trey Lance is your third string quarterback, there are a lot of teams that would that would love to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I you know, like I said, don't think he's a lost cause. Um, and sure, long term future, is it with the Forty ers You know, probably not. But who knows? You know, all the twists and turns this season could take. But this whole conversation brings us back to why they need to get Nick Bosa back on the field for the 49ers when we talk about how you don't that the quarterback doesn't have to be the hero doesn't have to put the team on his back um tremendous amount of offensive playmakers of that there is absolutely no doubt and they do have a very very strong defense but it's everything is much stronger with Nick Bosa but we will see there's one other area on defense that I wanted to touch on and Tim and I talked about this last week on the pod a little bit but It's since then even become maybe a little bit more apparent, maybe a little clearer that the 49ers may not know exactly what they're going to do at nickel. They brought Isaiah Oliver in to be the nickel. We talked to Steve Wilkes on Monday, and he felt the need to reiterate that point. But kind of what we've seen in games and what we're seeing in practice leads one to believe that they are not exactly 100% or even close all in on Isaiah Oliver as their starting nickel. Yes. Um, you know, Tracy, I don't know if you know this or not, but you shouldn't always believe everything an NFL coach says. Uh, 
What? Um, yeah, I know. So Steve Wilkes said yesterday, unprompted, you know, yeah, uh, said, totally un- unprompted. <laughs> yeah, this is unusual. Don't expect this all the time. But then he gave, you know, Isaiah Oliver somewhat of an endorsement, um, you know, suggesting, you know, what's going on, uh, you know, at Nickel has nothing to do with Isaiah Oliver's performance. Um, and then, you know, he went on to explain, you know, they have this love luxury because you know oliver can handle you know, his bigger body can handle you know tight ends bigger body receivers in the slot and a guy like jamad or lenore could handle you know shiftier guys so isn't this great that they can mix and match like this um and you know it does raise a few questions as to why you know they signed oliver to a decent contract uh, he's getting about three million guaranteed for two years not huge, but it's not nothing. Um, and you know why? Why is it that through off-season practices and the first thirteen training camp practices, uh, I, Isaiah Oliver was not you know rotating with anyone in the slot. He was the slot. Uh, this did happen after he get, did not have a good performance against the Raiders. Um, and so I, I think ideally you would like one guy to handle the slot. That's what the most teams do. That's what the Niners have done. Um, because, you know, among other things, if they do go to this mix and match thing, then you've got Lenore going into the slot at times. And what that forces you to do is bring a lesser cornerback to replace Lenore on the outside. Right, right now, it looks like Ambry Thomas, um, who has not, not established himself. Obviously, it looks like he's taking a step from last year, but uh, that's a pretty low bar. Um, so, um, I think it's safe to say they are not fully pleased with Isaiah Oliver and, and thought he'd be able to, to handle, you know, that position and, and manage himself. Um, and this is a concession that maybe he doesn't have the speed, quickness, whatever they thought. Um, and so they're going to, to plan B without calling it that. Well, and even the fact that he was playing in that first preseason game said something. Because he was, in our minds, he was the only presumptive starter playing. And then in what Kyle Shanahan told us after the game is he was playing because he's not a presumptive starter. So that's right. the thing, too. Um, and I did a story on Ambry Thomas actually a couple weeks ago, and then he had a really good first preseason game. But Steve Wilkes was, he was, I will say, kind of open, even though, again, I wouldn't believe everything an NFL coach says, as you said. But he made a point in complimenting Jair Brown in calling out Ambry Thomas, who had a pretty not so great play in the last preseason game. So they definitely, I don't think they put him on the same level as Diamandre Lenore and nor should they. And, you know, it's interesting with Lenore too, because I think he prefers the outside and there is something to be said by having a guy just play one position all year long and not be rotating. So I don't think it's ideal for the 49ers on any sense, but they are where they are. So guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a mountain of evidence that suggests they're not totally pleased with, with Isaiah Oliver. Um, I like a mountain of evidence. Well, Wilkes on Monday reminded me a little bit, not even a little bit. It's like when a GM says we are completely committed 
to Eric Branch is our coach for next season. There's no doubt about it. That means the coach is getting fired like the next day. We're completely committed to Tracy Sandler as quarterback. No one is, by the way. To Tracy Sandler as the quarterback of this team means I'm getting benched the next day. So that's kind of something we've learned over time in listening to NFL coaches, et cetera. Right. The dreaded endorsement. Um, And this was a very unprompted endorsement. This just, this was just kind of came out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. And and on the flip side, Wilkes is, can be, is pretty candid, uh, you know? And so um, you you mentioned him bringing up Ambry Thomas body on a double move, um, which was unprompted. Um, Very unprompted. You know, that could just be like, they still want to, you know, uh, Ambry Thomas after last year's kind of lost season, um, you know, was given, you know, uh, you know, the message like, yeah, another season like that. Well, you won't have a chance to have another season like that. Yeah. Um, because you, you won't be here I- anymore. So he's obviously, but I think that was maybe Wilkes's, uh, you know, the fact that he just mentioned, like you said, without anyone asking, yeah, he did. Ambry got beat on a double move. It could just be Wilkes being, you know, Wilkes largely candid. Uh, by NFL coach standards, uh-huh. or it could be uh, like a you know a message to Ambry Thomas, like, hey, you know, we're trying to give you this opportunity, uh, and you got to pick it up. Uh, Ambry Thomas did have a, a really nice coverage on Jerry Judy. On um, I think that ended the the Broncos' first drive, yeah, on uh, uh, third down. Um, and but he also had a holding penalty on that drive, and then was was beaten on a double move. So. Um, Obviously, uh, reasons for concern, which goes back to if you put Diablo Lenore in the slot, you're putting Ambry Thomas or, you know, another unproven guy like Samuel Womack out there. So um, it is what it is. I think that is, um, you know, obviously the way to cap any sort of conversation. It is what it is. It, it is. It is what it is. And my other favorite, time will tell. It, these are oh, yeah. both. Exactly. Both phrases that really no one can argue with. <laughs> and yeah, also, exactly. I'm going to go with, they are where they are. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's, these are all things that cap any conversation and uh, will, yeah, time will tell. We'll see where things are two weeks from Sunday when the 49ers open up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Pittsburgh, Branch, I've never been to Pittsburgh. This is one of my stadiums to cross off the list, so I'm excited about that. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it really is. A lot of NFL stadiums don't do it for me. They're just, uh, but uh, nothing like kind of uh, a great college stadium in in my mind. And certainly the atmosphere probably has something to do with that. But um, yeah, the the way it's situated uh, at the confluence of three rivers, um, it's really a a really nice setting. Um, And, you know, you know, it does have a nice, a great atmosphere uh, for, for, you know, obviously our fans are into it. So it being opening season opener and everything. Uh, yeah, I think you shall enjoy yourself. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure that I will. This brings me to one final question that is really not 49ers related at all. But have you now been to every NFL stadium or do you have any left? I believe last year I checked them off um, because I got Atlanta. Um, which you know is relatively new and hadn't been to. Um, and I guess maybe that was the only one I was lacking. So, yes, um, yeah, I'm big time now. Been to every you are, you are big time. 
I have, I think, five left. We're checking two of them off this year in Cleveland and Pittsburgh. But I've not been to Buffalo. I've not been to Foxborough. And I've not been, of all places, I haven't been to the Meadowlands. Okay. Isn't that weird? Uh, But, you know, the 2020 season, I thought I was checking a bunch of those off, and then that didn't happen. So it's unfortunate. You missed the Meadowlands. You missed Foxborough. So that was interesting. But, yeah, so it's – It'll be, it'll be fun. Well, brands were almost the start of the season. I don't know about you, but it feels like when training camp starts, the season still feels so far away, but yet here we are nearing the end of the preseason. And now of course we have this kind of weird week in between the end of the preseason and week one, but there's, that's neither here nor there. You know what? It is what it is. (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That provides all the, all the context you need. Uh, and we'll also know a lot a week from today. Rosters get cut down to 53. And then it's it's weird. I always find this, and I think you know this about me, It's I think it's so sad kind of that first day when we go to practice when they're down to the 53 and almost half the people are gone. And I don't know. I always feel sad because someone's dreams got crushed. But I guess it is what it is. <laughs> you know, always, it always is what it is. And, you know, bear in mind the expanded practice squad True. You know, means that, uh, you know, 16 of those guys, it's usually the holdovers. So, you know, don't feel quite as bad and, and um, you know, devastated and shattered uh, because 16 guys are still there. So it'll be still 69 of the 90. You know, just be missing 21 who are probably unemployed. Right. But, or maybe went somewhere else. But I think it really, it got driven home to me a couple of years ago when we were heading out to training camp practice and saw a guy with all of his stuff waiting for his Uber. And that really, that kind of broke my heart. But, you know, it is, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, that's the nature of the business. I'm coming up with another one. That's the nature of the business. And so what can you do? There you go. Uh, Brandon, yeah. let everyone know where they can find you. Um. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I will not call it X. I just did call it X. Uh, <laughs> at Eric underscore branch. And I work for the San Francisco Chronicle. Just you can Google that, uh, you know, and probably find my stories. Um, so, yeah, I, I plan to uh, keep doing this at least for another season if they'll have me. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, I think they will because I will say that Eric Branch is one of the most. Uh, entertaining writers he writes great stories and he's he's one of my absolute favorites i'm saying one of them because i don't want the others to listen and be like well of course but but one of my absolute favorites so you guys definitely check out his stuff uh we uh, you can find me on twitter x at tracy fgsn we are brought to you by bet online we are brought to you by fivo If you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.